السلام علیکم رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ارشد اللہ اللہ وحدہ لا شریک له وشد ان محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم On 12 March 1916, Hazrat Khalifat al-Masih II, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, delivered a speech in which he shared various advices for the missionaries of the Jamaat. A section of that speech was dedicated on guiding us on ways to developing taqwa. Following lecture is based on that speech of Hazrat al-Muslih al-Maud, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Allah the Almighty says in the Holy Quran in Surah Al-Maidah verse 109 Wattaqu Allaha wasma'u wallahu la yahdi al-qawm al-fasiqeen and fear Allah and hearken and Allah guides not the disobedient people From this verse of the Holy Quran it becomes quite evident that taqwa is true obedience This true obedience can either be developed through love or by fear love is born out of closely looking at divine beauty and divine favors whereas fear is born out of studying about the might the jalal of god the most powerful since allah has fashioned mankind on similar principles hence he has already mentioned these two phenomena of developing disobedience through love and fear in surah al-fatiha when allah says alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin ar-rahman ar-rahim he is indeed reminding us that by showering upon us all these favors and blessings this indeed is his beauty and we should observe obedience to him but then there are some people who do not respond until they are made to fear hence for them allah says maliki yawmiddin that he is also the master of the day of reward and punishment thus perfect and complete obedience is indeed reliant on either true love or true fear and to achieve this There are two modes. The first is by way of divine intervention, which happens through the advent of prophets who were sent in this world by Allah the Almighty. Prophets have their hands in the mighty hand of God. In other words, they are like electric batteries. Whoever comes in contact with them is going to be affected by them. Look, For example, there are numerous organizations that try to help people give up alcohol. But when the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam came in this world and said to the people to give up alcohol, right there and then, the companions, the sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam broke all of their vessels which contained sharab in them. The second method Hazur stated is by way of humanly efforts the nafs of a person is like a horse the more you train it the more it becomes tamed this is the reason why allah the almighty has said in the holy quran 
وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا That those who strive in our way by making efforts, we will surely guide them to our ways. Hazur then stated that among such earthly human efforts, the first is to adopt the company of the righteous people of God. Allah says in the Holy Quran, and I quote, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanuttaqullaha wakunu ma'as sadiqeen. O ye who believe, adopt taqwa. And the way you can achieve this is by being in the company of the truthful. Hazrat Muslim Maud radiallahu anhu strike writes, Sadiqo mein ek barki asar hota hai, jisse gunahon ke jarasim maare jate hain. That the truthful people possess an electric aura which burns the germs of sin in other people. Sadiq Khuda ke huzur ek izzat rakhta hai. Uske tufail se taluk rakhne wala bhi bariyab ho jata hai. That a truthful person holds a position of honor in the eyes of God. Therefore, by way of association with such people, one can also attain a similar status. It is narrated that once a nephew of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha complained against her to some people that she spends excessively in the way of Allah. She found out about this and issued the decree that her nephew is not to be allowed to enter her household from then onwards. One specific day, some of the well-known Sahaba of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked for Hazrat Aisha's permission to visit her. Among that group, her nephew was also present. And this way, because of the company of those truthful people, he also was able to once again visit Hazrat Ummul Mumineen radiallahu ta'ala anha. And this indeed was a great blessing. Second effort, Hazur stated, is through self-introspection. You see, each day, analyze if you have moved towards faith or in the opposite direction towards the material world and see if you did anything which caused you to disobey Allah in your day. If there was such a thing, then rectify it, correct it. Allah says in the Holy Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena O believers, adopt the taqwa of Allah and that taqwa will be achieved if every soul keeps an eye on what it is sending forth for the morrow. And fear Allah. Whatever you do, Allah is well aware of it. Hazur stated that the third effort is by becoming remorseful on one's past sins and mistakes. In other words, that is Tawbah, which is called repentance. The Holy Prophet ﷺ has said, That one who makes a sincere repentance, one who makes sincere repentance, is protected from the ill effects of those sinful deeds that he has or she has committed in the past, and that that individual, when he or she prepares himself or herself for performing good and righteous deeds, thereby gets protected 
from further attacks of shaitan. You see, Hazrat Maviya radiallahu anhu, who was a companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa once could not wake up for Fajr Salat. And he became so remorseful that the next day, he had a visit from the shaitan himself, who had come to wake him up for Fajr today. Why? Because when Hazrat Maviya radiallahu anhu missed Fajr Salat the previous day and had become remorseful, Allah granted him the reward of 10 prayers. And this time around, Shaitan did not desire Hazrat Muawiyah to receive the reward tenfolds. Hazrat Muawiyah was not able to wake up for Fajr Salat on time the previous day. Not that he missed his Fajr Salat altogether. He did read it, he did offer it, it was just offered late. Hazur then continued and stated that the fourth effort is reliance on Allah for everything. Hazrat Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, the son of the second caliph of Rasulullah has stated that if someone keeps thinking the entire night that Ibn Umar will help him with a certain task, then automatically the next day, my intention will go towards helping that individual. Now imagine if Allah's attention moves towards you, if Allah's attention focuses on you, then why would you not become obedient to Him? Fifth method, as we stated, is to observe istikhara. That is, every day a person observes istikhara for his or her matters and prays to Allah that those actions which are in line with your desire and pleases you, give me the ability to perform them. And those deeds that are displeasing in your eyes, remove them away from me. Keep them away from me. If one cannot do this istikhara every day, then at least do this once every week. Sixth effort is to keep praying. Dua mein laga rahe. One who keeps praying to Allah he keeps on showing that individual the ways to his pleasure. Seventh effort is to thank Allah. Like he says, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ If a person performs any good deed, and then he or she becomes even more thankful to Allah. This is the way by which Allah will increase him in performing good and righteous deeds moving forward. And this indeed, in turn, will make that person a true muttaqi. Eighth is to recite the following prayer. Subhanallahi, walhamdulillahi, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. One who prays someone, one who praises someone, the one who is being praised in turn, then desires that the one praising him may also become like him. Look, Holy Prophet Muhammad prayed that there is no one like Allah. So Allah Ta'ala said to Holy Prophet that he is also someone who will have no equal. Hence we see that no prophet of Allah Ta'ala or no creation of Allah Ta'ala equals the status of Holy Prophet One who says that Allah is great 
then Allah will also make that individual great as well. One who does the tasbih of Allah, Allah will make him pure and free from sin as well. And one who praises Allah will become such that in turn he would also be praised and becomes Mahmud. Hazur then stated that the ninth is to reform one's self through Salat. Because Allah Ta'ala says in the Holy Quran, Inna salata tanha anil wal munkar. That Salat stops us from acts that are displeasing to God. Salat is indeed the mirage of believers. In other words, it is Salat that bestows spiritual success. Therefore, offer lots and lots of Salat so that you may attain Taqwa and thereby the spirit of obedience may inculcate in you. Tenth, Hazur stated, is to study the Jalal and the Jamal of Allah. Regarding Jalal, which is the might of Allah, he says, أَوَلَمْ يَهْدِ لَهُمْ كَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ مِنَ الْقُرُونِ يَمْشُونَ فِي مَسَاكِنِهِمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتِ أَفَلَا يَسْمَعُونَ does it not guide them how many a generation we have destroyed before them, amid whose dwellings they now walk about, and that surely are signs? Will they not hearken then? When you behold as to what was the end of those nations who disobeyed Allah, and the material things of this world that they were running after, which ultimately led to the displeasure of God, then... Automatically, looking at their end, your attention would focus towards obeying Allah incessantly. And regarding the Jamal of Allah, which is manifested through His favors, He says, "Avalam yarau anna nasuqul maa ila al-ard al-juruzi, fa nukhriju bihi zaran, taakuluhu, taakulu minhu an'amuhum wa anfusuhum, afala yubsirun." Have they not seen that we drive the water to the dry land and produce thereby crops of which their cattle eat and they themselves? Will they not then see? Hazur stated that when a person studies and looks upon the favors and blessings that Allah has showered upon every single fiber of his being, then it would come naturally to him to love his God and to be willing to sacrifice all for his sake. Wa akhiru dawana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen.